Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Interested in cryptocurrency or blockchain technology? Or maybe you want to know the hype surrounding Bitcoin? Tune in to the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Since 2015, it's a daily collection of long-form conversations in the form of podcasts where the world's leading thinkers and doers give us a slice of their perspective. With over nine shows on the network, look for talks on crypto, tech, security, global issues, and more. Visit thebitcoinpodcast.network or find us on Spotify. To another episode of Buy or Sell. What the hell? I'm Jason Jenkins, um, your host, founder of Blockage Capital and Jenkins Risk Management. Here with my usual duo, Alex Z and Dimitri Ferguson. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey, oh, not a not a mucho. Got an echo. <laughs> I feel like we just did this yesterday. Don't we did. Uh, just two days ago, but people are loving it, man. They like the constant JJ. It's always, uh, it's always fun talking trading and crypto, anyway, right? I feel like I'm letting people down. We got to get this market moving around. It's been kind of. I keep saying in the room, man, it trades like a wet Kleenex. You know, you just throw it against the wall, and it just sits there and just kind of drips slowly. It's mm-hmm. been like that all week. It feels like 2014 all over again. I hope it's not, see, I, but it feels that way. I didn't see. I wasn't there for this. Is the slowest period I've I've tr- traded through crypto. Yeah, in 2014, I slowly watched my first Bitcoin purchase erode from like a thousand dollars to 185 dollars, <laughs> and I was a hodler. Did you buy more down there? I bought all the way down and bought back up too, man. I, I'm a savvy individual. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think anything less. Um, but I think by the time it got to like, no, I'm not going to put my business in the street. I bought Bitcoin and I bought it at smart times. So, um, yeah. you were early. Let's see. Well, should we talk? Um... Talk markets like usual. Um, not not that much has changed since Tuesday. I mean, we covered a lot of the news. Um, we had some, we got some other points, topics. Though. Yeah, we had some talking yeah. points that you know some some interesting things that are developing. Uh, Alec and I were talking a little bit before the show, and I think what's going to happen is just like a one to one copy of everything Wall Street's done and traditional finance has done to the crypto world mm-hmm. like the, to me that just seems like the writing is on the wall and the stage is being set for that kind of shift yeah there's just too much money to be made and but the thing, the thing that kind of bothers me is it's just, it's just 
we've come up with some new technologies and we've solved, you know, there's some brand new things that we created like trustlessness, which mm -hmm. doesn't really even make sense before blockchain. Like, what do you mean trustless? You mean tr <laughs> trust? <laughs> yeah. But, but along those lines, I mean, digital ledger system or us being able to come to an agreement in some form of trust without a third party, that was, that was the old solution. You got to have a third party that mm -hmm. you trust, or then maybe another party that oversees that party. That's supposed to be, you know, keeping guard and, and managing your money for you and doing a good job. Well, I think the future isn't, let's just go do all that stuff, you know, create all these ETFs that, that allow you to, you know, buy, get into exposure to digital assets, I think we need to go a little bit further. Obviously that's what we we're going to be doing with our rhythm platform, but there's no, there's not going to be a need for, you know, third party type of exchanges, the, whether it's the blockchain, whether it's Hashgraph, it's just the technology is going to be able to communicate, transact. This, this transaction is not going to take place until I know that you're sending me money and I'm giving you this asset and all that. I mean, we've just discovered all that. Why do we don't need to just put everything back in the old Wall Street box? Well, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't have to, but you know, that's yeah. going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to be the Fed coin or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. You can't stop technology. You know, you just, you could try, but you, you you can't stop it. And I think right now, what we're going to be witnessing for the next decades to come is that transition. Man, I think like, for instance, take it out of the realm of finances, but you take it like the electric car. Like how many times does Elon Musk need to prove that his electric cars are better than fossil fuel cars, fossil fuel driven cars? But the powers to be have so much money vested in fossil fuels and the combustion engine. It's like, we get it, Elon. Can you give us time to transition? Like, I feel like that's taking place. Yeah. And it's going to be the same with this stuff. Is yeah, the powers to be that make so much money off of the system, the way it's designed, have to learn how to play the new game. Well, and then like really get stuff, but the Internet of Things, you're gonna have, you're gonna be driving down because you brought up Tesla. And I just was thinking about it the other day. It's like you're gonna be driving down the road in your car, or maybe not even driving, right? Self-driving car, and that car is gonna be communicating with computers in a parking lot or somewhere, saying, "Hey, there's a spot over here. Okay, how much is that lot?" You know, you drive down to the sports game or whatever you need a place to park downtown well there's this lot there's that lot there's this lot the car is just communicating which one's the cheapest okay there's a spot over there that lot's cheaper and then the car can transact with the you know you don't need a parking lot tenant that digital exchange is going to happen and so the idea that you would have to take your dollars or take your bitcoin move it out of your wallet into a third-party custodian exchange it sell it for dollars <laughs> you know yeah that's all going to happen automatically just via the whatever the fastest Indeed. digital ledger system is and that that transaction can happen or you can say all right well i'm, I'm plugged into rhythm these guys 
they're really bullish on Litecoin. I don't want to sell my Litecoin, but I got some Dash over here that I hate. So pay the parking thing in Dash or it only accepts Bitcoin. I, I sell my I sell my Dash immediately to BTC and then the car sends the BTC to the parking lot machine. Yep. It's all going to be automated and done decentralized. Yeah. And what's even more important is what you're talking about, those automated cars. I saw some some statistic that was ridiculous. It was like one Tesla car creates four terabytes of data a month. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so we're definitely going to need a distributed storage system across the planet to, to foster any sort of systems like that. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, but when our original point going like the, what the wall street one-to-one makeover, extreme makeover, extreme financial makeover, we could call it a show, extreme financial makeover of wall street. Mm-hmm. But, um, these indices that are popping up. So old Barry Silbert, uh, alfalfa looking guy. Sorry if you hear this Barry Silbert It's true. You know it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a cool guy, uh, definitely represents the space very well and thinks forward to how the space is going to scale very well. Um, he's got this large cap fund. It's just like a bucket of the top five, uh, tokens that he wants to give people exposure to. So like, you think that's a going trend? Yeah. The market, I mean, that's. I have the same idea. That's part of what we're building. Um, and I, I was before I even knew what he was doing. He's way ahead of, you know, he's doing a good job of trying to be the Berkshire Hathaway of digital space, which makes sense. It's, you know, but um, that's, no, there's a huge need for that. There's still the old, see, that's the thing. Like, it's not, I don't think it's going to be all or none. Like we got to reach, we got to drop the old system dollar, you know, the dollar's worthless. It's got to be BT. It's Bitcoin is going to be the future. And I think there's a middle of the ground there. So there's still going to be a lot of people that are, that don't care, don't want to, you know, figure all this wallet stuff out. They just want somebody to give them in the space and make money. Or, you know, they, I was talking to one of my, a friend that I was introduced to who's an IT guy, works on apples and stuff. And he's down here and, Palm Beach Gardens and has a lot of wealthy clients that they they own Bitcoin. They don't know anything about it. They just heard from somebody at the country club or the golf club like, hey, and I bought a bunch. You know, I don't know how to log in. I don't have a password. I don't I don't know the password. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And there's so there's those people that just like, hey, I just want exposure to it. I want somebody to manage it or, you know. Think about all the different pension systems. They just—they're going to need somebody to manage it. So having an old financial services digital asset management firm—that's why we're going to have that as well as part of our firm. But then there also needs to be, hey, we're working on the technology side that is decentralized, where you know some of these third parties can go away. But it's the right idea. I—I I was kind of wondering why they what their thinking was when they had the other one that was just Ethereum Classic and Zcash. <laughs> Why did they pick those? They had another suite of another fund that just is, I think, Ethereum Classic and Zcash. Just those two. What a weird choice. So maybe, yeah. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't even know what that one would be about. That that's kind of interesting. Why just those two? Yeah, maybe they thought that the, those were the best two from a technology standpoint at the time. Other than Anon- anonymity, anonymity, maybe yeah. I don't know. That's a hard word to say. I bumble it every time. What are some <laughs> other indices that you think don't exist that should, or will we be giving away the juice? Oh, I don't know. I think it's there's going to be everybody's going to be popping up trying to do the same thing. I mean, I think where it's the active managers versus the index conversation. I mean, indexes you can see in the traditional market right now have been outperforming. That's because the market's just been going straight up. When you get all kinds of volatility, that's where you the real good traders will shine. I mean, the good hedge fund managers, etc not just blindly following an index. So I think that's where that's where I want to compete and stand out is we're pretty good traders and we actually have a timing, a model, and a process where, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that say, hey, we have a an index fund. I mean, it's not that creative to just track an index and then you don't have to really outperform or generate any alpha. It's kind of, oh, the market's down. That's why our fund's down. We just track the index. It's kind of, <laughs> just to me it's just admitting that you either don't want to actively trade or hedge or you don't care or you don't know how mm-hmm. but the goal should be not to lose money and then to make money so anyway I think there'll be a lot of those index popping up so what about um... go ahead Alex didn't you say you want to talk about something well, I don't know. We we're there's a lot of positives going on, and no one really sits down and talks about the bear cases. You know, there's always a bear case to a bull case, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, if if you're a trader, you need to at least consider. You know, they, you have to have some perspective on this on the space. Yeah, it's actually refreshing, right? It's like okay. Yeah. Well, how about when we were in Toronto? That that gal that came up to us was like, seems like everyone's just. A- Drinking the Kool Aid here. We're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> there was a Bitcoin conference. But, but she was acting like we, it was so. What was her wording? Like, like we were like cult. jumping up and down, like waving our hands around. I was like, this wasn't wasn't cultish at all. I was like, they're just people understand the technology. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's like, okay, let's talk about realistically maybe why this won't work or what's the challenges. Um, shoot, we could talk about that all day on the Bitcoin podcast. Like we talk about it. We do talk about it quite frequently, actually, at how none of this actually works yet. So, I mean, that's the biggest bear case of all. (laughs) I mean, let me, let me take that back. There's utility in Bitcoin. There's utility ether. There's utility in Litecoin. Um, that, Utility being scalable is a hard no. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's not even a... Maybe if we just did the... No, it's just a hard no. And that's just what we've... You know, the Lightning Network's popping up, and that's great, but it really hasn't been audited yet. And, you know, if somebody is saying, use my project at your own risk, mm, to me, that's not scalable, right? Mm-hmm. You know? If Coca-Cola is like, drink, drink Coke at your own risk, 
Well, actually, they do say that. Actually, do they? Well, because of the sugar and stuff. They're like, or you can take the rust off a metal pipe or something. Yeah, pretty sure I did that in school at some point. Yeah. Well, they don't say that. Other people say that, but Coca Cola, or you know, people aren't saying use my product at your own risk. Yeah. And that's not really a scalable mindset, you know. So none right. of the stuff is scalable. Well, uh, let's uh, let's include that in one of the bear cases, then, right? I mean, that's <laughs> what I think about is okay. Logically, technology moves so fast. Bitcoin is probably the first. It's the prototype. It's it's amazing, you know. It let the technology cat out of the bag. But there's probably going to be something that comes along. And it looks looking like Hashgraph. If the guys that, that if they can do what they claim they can do, and which which is kind of a bummer that it's on the proprietary side. They haven't they don't have a public ledger. They're not trying to do this publicly yet. Which one sucks because it's hard to figure out how to invest in it. But two, I think it's gonna creep up on people where they've like they've started I don't know how speed you guys are, but I've been trying to learn more and more about it recently. So they're starting the guys at uh, Swirl. I think it's Swirl. Anyway, that's that came up with Hashgraph is saying they're they're trying it out right now with credit unions, which is smart. And they've been selling the, that software to two firms. They're, they're working with another partnership. Some the guy from Mastercard just came over. So I th- I kind of have a feeling that maybe this is where the next the next you know wave of this technology is going, and these guys on the inside are already kind of kind of see it coming. Mm-hmm. But it has I think it's going to sneak up on all of a sudden if they do do a public ledger and and they do a coin, which he which I've seen a couple of his interviews, he kind of didn't say it publicly, but kind of smirked at it, like yeah, that would make sense for them to do that at some point. I think it's just going to surprise this it's just going to come out of nowhere kind of and just uh could really challenge like ethereum and the whole space uh but he brings up good points so i'm talking i forget the ceo's name and then the guy that founded it uh uh liam i should have i should have better notes maybe on next week i'll have more specifics on the guy finished i forget where he went to school we've finished uh college like one of the fastest amount of times to get a degree in whatever computer science he was getting in he did it in like three years um crazy pedigree but lehman baird what lehman baird lehman right lehman baird yeah l-e-e-m-o-n kind of like lemon but with an extra e guy's a genius but um I just like the way they were breaking it down. Like, well, the first block, you have blockchain technology, well, not blockchain technology, but some of the stuff that's been worked on for for decades isn't really new to as far as like digital ledgers and what, you know, there's systems where it could be a, a closed private system where they have a leader. And I'm not very good with the technicals. I'm saying the right words, but I get, the, I get it conceptually. Or this idea of, you know, proof of work, proof of stake, um, there's been voting systems around for 30 years, but everybody agrees that it's just not, you know, not feasible. It's too slow to have all, all these people in the network voting to, to reach consensus. And then, so what they created, which was never 
this is a brand new thing. So nobody's piggyback, piggy, you know, piggybacking off of stuff that was thought up 10 years ago. Brand new idea, this idea of gossip, uh, gossiping about gossiping on the network. And, and then they attach, they attach a, two hashes to the information that comes in. And basically what you're doing is cross-referencing, timestamping the information that you're getting, and then um, attaching a couple other bits of information. And so what ends up happening is with everybody gossiping, just like things go viral, right? Mm -hmm. That same exponential growth in the network of everybody cross-tracking everybody creates this 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 um this graph or this 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 network that and then they cross communicate etc and so i just think that makes that makes more sense the only thing i don't get is that yes you're gossiping about this and this person's every time someone comes to you with information in this message uh i'm cross-referencing to see what what message they had another missing message but I don't. I haven't really heard them explain how that the uh, the truth behind what they're trying, the truth behind the transaction. Like, how do you know you're not just quote unquote gossiping about a rumor that is not really factual, or there's no real truth in that transaction? This is interesting. You guys here. up to speed on it? I, it's tough to explain. I mean, well, this is. I'm not up to speed on this on this algorithm, but I'm looking at. They have. So, if anybody that's listening, you'd like to, if you go to www.swirlds.swirlds.com/slash/downloads, uh, you can get to all their visuals of a hash graph. Yeah. And and how it works. And um, I'm reading through it now. This is interesting. This is the first time it's been on my radar. So. I mean. I mean, I think you have to think about it too. Are you, you know, is it is Hashgraph? Is that like a bear case for Bitcoin? Is it a bear case for, you know, blockchain technology, or is it a bear case for like open source? Because IOTA does do something similar, where you know, it's it's they use the Tangle network, but that's open sourced. Where Hashgraph, that's patented. That's a patented, you know, closed private algorithm. So I, I you kind of got to take it in. What you're comparing it to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a philosophy like... question, you know. Yeah. No, that's that's why I just bring it up. Yeah. That's that's a that's a Android or Apple question. Yeah, um, and I think I think you just answered that too, Demetric, right there to Alex's question. Is I don't think it means BTC goes to zero. I think all this stuff can coexist. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's kind of one of those things people still work on Linux. I have no, I don't understand Linux at all. You know, I'm, you're a Mac guy, you're a Windows guy. Some IT guys don't work on Macs. They don't, you know, they only work on Windows. I can mm-hmm. see something similar like that. I mean, anybody that wants to build a business around blockchain, including us, is working off Ethereum. Okay, that's that in itself is going to be a little bit self-reinforcing because more and more people learn how to do that and the developers are working on that, that becomes kind of tough to, to take down that, you know, what they've already started. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a whole new system. You got to learn if you, if, if you want to build on the hash graph. It mm-hmm. is. No, I don't know. Yeah. I so that's definitely, that's definitely a bear case. I think that's something like that, a better technology that challenges the block and then mm-hmm. government. That's, I think the biggest 
What I feel like is that there's a lot going on, a lot of ideas going on right now in separate areas. And it looks like the biggest area of opportunity is interoperability. If these things work in a layered fashion or in a parallel fashion. But it look it seems to me like pride has to be set aside for that to happen. And pride's a hell of a drug. So shout out yeah. to uh Charlie Murphy for that phrase, but I mean, it. I don't see why just how the internet is layered today to give us get us to the point where now we're selling ourselves five G, where we could do like augmented reality and virtual reality via the internet as fast as we watch a movie on Netflix. Uh, there's got to be layers for this new, this new internet. That we're building. So it's almost like we're building a new internet. Yeah. Like we've got one layer that's the protocol for value that all these other layers tap into. Yeah. And uh, I see that that has to be the way things go. But for a show about trading, we haven't talked about a lot of trading. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, all these, I think all these ideas you have to at least keep in mind if you're looking a little bit longer term. That's true. It just, yeah. And I wish I wish I could talk more tech when you're talking about, you know, those layers and there needs to be some sort of cooperation between all of them. But looking at a community is a little bit easier. And I mean, it's so obvious how divided all these communities are and how they've become, especially with the internet. I mean, it's just echo chamber after echo chamber. You know, my project's gotta fail for you know, your project's gotta fail for mine to win sort of yeah mentality i think it's interesting is like at the same time html1 many 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 moons ago there was some other protocol that was probably doing the same thing that just named it differently hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> and they lost in they html1 yeah, marketing's a big deal you know yeah and you know that's that's all i'm saying is that some somebody's gonna have to put their pride aside in order for one thing to get prolific and that's to really start building this parallel internet of value that we we all we've all been talking about so many years. Mm-hmm. But you know. First it well, takes people like Roger Ver to maybe take a backseat for a little while. Just like take a vacation. <laughs> so I don't know. What well, go ahead. I was just going to say back to markets. I mean, we said, did we mention we were talking about that Fed coin idea? I had something I was thinking about that I hear the bears talking about is, you know, oh, this idea that Bitcoin is not going to be regulated or the idea that's going to be like you can create your own currency and keep it and the governments aren't going to try to squash it. There's nothing that's ignoring the point of this thing called confidence and it's, it's a shift that happens between assets. It's a shift that happens between the public sector and the private sector. And it's just a battle back and forth that goes on over the centuries, back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes a confidence in government, sometimes a confidence in the private sector. But if you look at the trend right now, the trend is governments basically around the world are, 
you know, people are, are tired of the corruption. People are tired of this, that. You can see it in Brexit. You can see it in Trump. You can see it in all the secession movements. So to say that, oh, well, the future of Bitcoin doesn't exist because we're going to have a, a Fed coin or, uh, you know, some totalitarian one world government coin. They might try that. I don't doubt. I don't discount that at all. But it doesn't mean that the market or people have to accept it. I mean, Zimbabwe can issue Zimbabwe dollars. It doesn't mean people want it. Mm-hmm. People are selling that shit and want Bitcoin. So, <laughs> you know, they the government can try to do whatever they want to do. And yeah, they could say that it's illegal for you to hold crypto. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have a tax revolt. You're not going to have a revolution. This happens over and over and over again. Government gets too big, you know, power absolutely corrupts. And then there's some sort of return back to we want our freedom back. We want, you know, we want control of our money. And so this thing was born out of the 2008 financial crisis. People were pissed off. People, you know, we were on the, the brink of the whole financial system. We know it collapsing. And then just to say that people are going to go along with a Fed coin. No way especially wait till this next crisis or the next recession we have. And guess who's going to blow up this time? It's the governments. It's the central banks. That's where all the debt is. That's where all the stress is. And you think they're going to just go down in a ball of flames? Like, can you imagine the ECB buying up all these bonds? Rates start to rise. They're going to actually get absolutely crushed. And then for them to turn around and issue an uh, ECB coin, you think, People are going to actually <laughs> want that? No fucking way. They'll, just, they'll be like, you just took the euro down by half because you guys blew up. You, you know, we're sick of you central banks to begin with. Now you guys blew up, and now you want us to tr- trust your digital coin? You know, get out of here. That's not going to happen either. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be about confidence, and that's what I see. I think cryptocurrency on the private side is going to play a huge role, but these governments are broke. I mean, Greece is just the tip of the iceberg. So wait till rates rise, and you're going to see all of the problems come out in Spain, in Italy. I mean, so you have a sovereign debt crisis. You better believe that cryptocurrency is going to be a big benefactor to, you know, these governments blowing up because the, their currencies are going to suffer too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't, they don't have any tools to, to fight it either. I mean, what they can, they can kind of squeeze those on and off ramps on how you get current, you know, you could, how you exchange fiat for crypto. Yeah. That's that's really the only option they have, which I mean, in the short term, that can really affect liquidity. I mean, just, you know, what's the price of Bitcoin if, you know, you can't get dollars out of it right now. Right. When no one else takes it. But I mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think if, even if it does get to the point where governments are issuing their own currency, not get to the point, governments are issuing their own digital currency, That that's happening. So when, when it gets to that point um, where most of them have a digital currency, they're still going to need a ledger to balance each other's books on if they're doing global business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think that ledger is going to be Bitcoin. Uh, just one, obviously I'm biased, duh, but two, 
I'm not going to trust the USD ledger and the China ledger and the and the Russia ledger to stay the same. Right. I'm yeah, going to need a third party. Ha, things come full circle. I'm going to need a third party called the Bitcoin blockchain that you all peg to to make sure all your ledgers are accurate with each other yeah. if you're all doing business with each other. Yeah. A, a centralized ledger and cryptocurrency is completely opposite of what this technology does. So, yeah. People don't understand that case. We, we probably shouldn't bash Ripple that hard. <laughs> <laughs> or should we? You know, what's funny is the moment after we posted our week in our, our day in the 100 on Ripple, by the way, um, should we trademark that? We should we should trademark that. No, I'm kidding. Maybe. I don't know. Since we the, since we posted the uh, day in the 100 on Ripple, uh, somebody immediately commented like, you don't you don't talk about the 30,000 blocks that no one has access to. Yeah. And I was like, talk man, we're trying to stay unbiased, but. That's a fact that we probably should have included, but it was pretty recent, though, wasn't it? It was pretty recent. Like the day we wrote that, yeah. people found out about that, and I was like, "Okay, well, well." The idea is just to give them some sort of base on what the project's about. I mean, yeah. And I so, know some of these guys that have been around in this space for forever. They got the insight on what actually happened and who created what. I don't have any edge on that. But I do think it's interesting that they published this Forbes whatever list, which is probably not very accurate of who's worth what in the crypto space. I'm sure there's stupid guys with a stupid amount of money that don't want you to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't want, you know. But they're all Ripple guys. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anybody, one Forbes, if you ever approach me and ask me how much I'm worth, I'm going to tell you thank you first, and I'm going to say please, please go away. Um, <laughs> like, who wants that to be public well, you're access a public knowledge? Now, the matrix, so you don't have a choice. Yeah, you're in everyone's <laughs> home around the world <laughs> Thursday evening. Hopefully, right? That's that's the game plan. Um, yeah, not to bash on Ripple, but let's bash on Ripple a little bit. Let's let's see what's going on over there. So they got the thirty thousand blocks that aren't accessible. The token that they're selling on isn't associated with the payment system that they're selling to the banks and to these people. So do they really have cash flow? Like oh yeah, see, see that that's what that's what I mean. I've I've read is that you want to be buying that IPO, not you know not the not their coin. You know when they actually go public, you go buy some stock in the actual company. That's where the money is in their software, not the actual coin itself. Yeah. Apparently, the token's supposed to give you the ability to use some payment network that they're not even selling to people. There's like two different Ripple Pay networks. One's owned by Ripple Labs, and one is like the Ripple token, which essentially right now is just a silo of purchasing power because that doesn't is not involved with the payment system that Ripple Labs has built. Really? Yeah. And the fact that this sounds so confusing when I'm saying it out of my mouth is like probably why I never stress going long on Ripple. I have a headache already just now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they do. I mean, they are. They're going to continue to push that Ripple, that XRP use, I think. But until then, I mean, there's no reason to really 
What the hell oh, happened man. on this last ramp up then? I mean, I you know, we guys in our room, they're like, hey, that must have been, that was one hell, you know, a pump there by whoever. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like a pretty big move to move that much coin. It was like, a rumor mill, like, going at a, going at a style. And plus, people on Facebook, um, I, I really like to keep my tabs on mass adoption by, I'm, like, infiltrating several Facebook crypto groups. And let me tell you something, it's a shit show. But <laughs> the number one token for them is Ripple right now. They're like, oh, I can't wait till Ripple. It's going to the moon, baby. And I'm like, you guys don't know how this works. You don't know how any of this works. But... That's the new thing. It's and that goes to what you were talking about, Alec. It's like everybody's got their favorite sports team right now. Yeah. And Ripple Ripple has if Ripple had a jersey, people would be buying it. <laughs> that's a, maybe that's a good idea then. We should maybe have some apparel. <laughs> Open in a merch maybe store. I mean it, this probably goes to the fact that I mean everyone just goes by market cap alone. Just market cap. That means a oh, ripple. You know, I mean, look at that market cap of ripple. That means it's good, right? Yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta put some more stuff for our viewers and subscribers and stuff that that helps with the. There's better metrics. Why we're using the market caps is just not useful. You know, BitConnect can prove to get what was the highest BitConnect got Jeez. in terms of market cap. It was near the top ten, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the top ten. Not in. Yeah, bit. not in it. So they proved that the market cap means very little. I mean, it's gone, gone in a day. You yeah. can, you, you, you don't need to have actual real dollars in this to create a token. So the market cap is not really that helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, you, you don't need the algorithm to prove that market cap is a bad metric because BitConnect was in the top 100 and the yeah. top 10 shit. So, yeah. And if you, if you issue stock for every time you issue that, paper share in the company there's dollars exchanged for that well when you create a coin there's no dollar exchange you know it's just how many ever coins now if you do an ico it's maybe a little bit different uh but you think you guys get the point right it's not mm -hmm. not the same to be comparing market cap like you wouldn't I think people use market cap because it's easy. Like if they're the only one in their circle of friends that can divide and they show them like, look, you take the market cap divided by the number in circulation and you get the price and people see that the number matches the, the number on the screen. They're like, oh my God, you're super genius. And that's why people are using market cap because it's easy. It's an easy performance metric to determine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are like, oh, I get it. It's so easy. You just take the total number of coins, da 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 da, da. And it's, that's why. The easy, humans are like water, the path of least resistance, like for and, the most part. I mean, that doesn't lead to any sort of adoption numbers or anything either, especially when the community is so focused on that buy and hold. Well, like Tron or the TRX, right? Where did that mm -hmm. come from? Come out of nowhere and now it's in the top coin. It doesn't make any sense. It right? doesn't make any Real sense Because they just made a bunch of coins and the price stuck. Why aren't we talking volume? Like, why aren't people talking? People are talking market cap, and that's great, but why not? Why not volume? Users, unique addresses, actual transactions. You can like look at Litecoin's transactions. That that's that'll show you where you should be. I mean, that's people use LTC. You know. 
lately. Uh, People do use Litecoin. I can't wait until it's worth a quarter of the price of Bitcoin like I think it's going to be in my head. Yeah, I like Litecoin. Um, so we talked about Ripple. Did talk about Ripple. Do we need to dog on Bcash or are they is Bcash dogging it dogging on themselves? I think they I think they've already made their reputation. It's like nothing really new, you know. Yeah. You know, I had another point. You were we were talking about the Fed coin earlier. And Dimitri, you were talking about a one to one ratio, everything in Wall Street, right? Mm-hmm. Going to, to crypto. And then Jason, you're always talking about uh you know, old Wall Street, the buy and hold, right? It's all everything just keep long, right? Just it's always long. Just buy and just hold it, right? Mm-hmm. You got to have some sort of timing. You got to have some add and reduce. But and then you have a community, the crypto community, that's just all buy and holding. You know, it does. That's what. That's why the price is where it is now. But I mean, it's, that's not really what Bitcoin cryptocurrencies were for, right? And not to be like old Wall Street, just buy and hold everything. You want to use it. I mean, it's just sitting in a dusty wall right now. It doesn't really seem like a currency. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we haven't, go ahead. We haven't really gotten to. I like that, you know, blockchain and Bitcoin has solved a lot of the payment issues of like sending a wire. We've talked about that so much. It's crazy. That's what drives me nuts too when people dismiss cryptocurrencies. Like, I can't figure out one reason why I would use it. It's like, what do you mean? I try to send two two wires to Canada. They both took a week and never went through. I can send Bitcoin and at least, okay, even if it takes me 10 minutes or 20 minutes, that's still an amazing achievement for, you know, a lot less than, you know, the, as the fees come down. But the point is, it's cheaper. So, mm-hmm. okay, boom. Uh, cryptocurrencies solve that. There's value in that alone. It's not just a store of value. Then. So you can start checking these things off. We haven't gotten the micropayments figured out yet. And I, I don't know yep. if we've got the right... I don't think the blockchain is going to solve it. I think you got to get faster, like Hashgraph. <clears throat> but that's okay. We, you know, people still buy gold not because you can pay for gas with it down at the gas station. I mean, yep. You know, BTC doesn't have to die just because. Anyway, I think you're absolutely right, and and, and there's just little minutia about the tech that people don't understand why certain things are difficult, like the fees. For once, you you mentioned fees. And really, the benchmark is 1.5% because that's Visa's average transaction fee. All right, 1.5. Merchant services, are we talking about? I, I think. Micropayments? I think all the, for, for, for micropayments, right? Yeah. And I think the benchmark is 1.5% of a transaction. But here's the thing. Bitcoin works on a flat fee. And that doesn't change. Yeah. So if you send a dollar, you still if you send a dollar, you still got to pay so many Satoshis per byte to send it. So the fee is exponentially greater depending on how little you spend, you know? And so that's why second layer solutions are needed. And that, yeah. you know, but well, back to our fed coin idea. I mean, as far as trading and markets go, if it's, it's a confidence game, do we really, the fed, a fed coin or a, fed, or a dollar coin or bit dollar, like there's a place for that, really. I mean, I back to our example of that car's driving around the corner into the parking lot, and that car wants to talk to and pay another machine. It could do it in dollar. It could do it in 
get dollar. It's just a matter of what asset class are people going to feel confident in. If the U.S., you know, keeps going down the path it's going with our debt, et cetera, these governments, people are going to lose confidence in them. So I'm not going to want to use that, but uh, it's just, it just comes down to the confidence, really. Does he I don't, so I don't know if we need to solve the micropayments is what I'm saying. I mean, you could – I think – what you're going to care about is you want to have your capital, your wealth and the assets that are rising, whether that's a bull market in real estate or if it's in Bitcoin or if it's in Litecoin, you want to have exposure to the stuff that's rising, not the stuff that's losing value. So I think, I think we're going to have uh, platforms that say, okay, man, I've had a really good run. I want to sell my Bitcoin and do that transaction instantly. And I could still pay in electronic dollars. I don't. I don't know if we need to solve this where we only use cryptocurrency. I got a question for you guys. Does the debt even matter? Like yeah. our debt, like we hear about it all the time. At least four times a year, some news station is like the debt is at an all-time high. I feel like I've been hearing that my entire life. Like, does it even matter? It's a long cycle. I mean, you got to remember some of these debt cycles are hundreds of years that take to play out. So it's more than one person's lifetime, but it's, it's going to matter. It's not going to matter until it does, you know? Mm. So you may need rates to rise. And if we keep piling on, what's the number? 20 trillion we're at, 22 maybe even. It's going up that's, really fast. It's okay when rates are low, but you're going to see what GDP Debt to GDP looks like real quick and how painful that gets if our debt service payments are go through the roof. Then it's, then it matters, you know. Same thing with the municipalities. They, they limp along and then eventually, uh, you know, you can't pay the whatever pension system. People get pissed. You get tax revolts. For the governments just keep raising taxes because of their shortfall. Yeah, it's the debt that always ends the, you know, that's how these empires die and nation mm. states collapse. And, you know, look at Detroit, same thing. <clears throat> so it's going to matter, but it might matter in Europe first. It might matter in Japan first. China, China's, China's even scarier than where we were in 2007. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess whatever triggers that, if it's a, the rates rising, I don't know. But The catalysts are hard to figure out. I think rates rising is going to be a big one. I really do. It's going to, and it can exacerbate and happen fast. And that's going to, I think that would be what starts to blow out some of these government budgets and the deficits. And... Mm. Well, not to uh, doom, doom promote on anyone. Because no one really knows when things like that happen. But it does help to manage your risk. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> JJ? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like what we're talking about, sometimes it's fun to think ahead and think about the risk. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to have a timing process, you know? So let's expand on that. Let's let's do some self-promoting here. Yeah, I you know, block edge capital, we kind of mentioned throughout our shows. So we're in the process of building 
digital asset management firm, and then our our big trading blockchain um, project and business is is Rhythm. Has to do with again the rhythm of the market from a timing cyclical perspective. That's why we named it that, and mm-hmm. that's how we trade. I mean, we're trading forex, day trading. Um, that's just what we do. And so, that's uh, rhythm dot network is the URL there. Rhythm dot network, blockedgecapital.com. Um, right now, we're kind of we still have our group of traders and do a lot of our education over at Jenkins Risk Management, which is JenkinsRM.com. That's really where people can find us. Right, guys? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I had one more quick point to make, too, before we hop out. I was thinking about since our last podcast, we were talking about the SEC, and, you know, it was surprisingly refreshing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone was so happy and caught up. I mean, I was caught up too with what they were saying and how cryptocurrencies could be in the trillions and stuff like that. But do we really want those kind of valuations and attention right now when the tech's still experimental before? I mean, it's just going to shine a light on it for regulation, you know, before the tech's even finished, which I think could be kind of a bear case that we've got to add. You know, yeah. maybe those big numbers, they were just saying those to say, hey, to all those old guys, pay attention because we got to control this now before it gets out of control. Yeah. Uh, something I was thinking about these last few days. That's I think it's true. a dance. Yeah. I think it's a delicate dance because the tech's never going to be 100% ready. It's going to grow over time. Um, I think mitigating that shock that people get when they're realizing it's not all the way ready it's going to be tough because we're talking about money here we're not talking about like entertainment like Mm -hmm. you know taking it back to the internet it's much easier to drag your heels on whether someone can watch a youtube video faster or not (laughs) it's it's harder to drag your heels on whether someone could send hundreds of thousands of dollars to some entity or not yeah you know so I think it's a delicate dance, Alec, that gratefully it isn't my job as a regulator to find out paving that path looks like. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, the tech's never going to be ready to yeah. do the things that people want to do. Like, for instance, there's a project that I like picking out of my hip pocket called Decentraland, where you can literally build your very own virtual reality community. And you need the token that runs this virtual reality community to do it. The amount of regulation to pave the way for a future like that needed is so far off the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, first you got to talk about how are they going to manage all the data going into a virtual reality world that has real value? And then what if someone in Decentraland sells something they don't own to someone in another country in real life and then a murder takes like you can see like there's so many random scenarios that could exist from a world like that that is like that is crazy you yeah. know it's going to be a long path now what i will say is that the more the time goes on i think i'm ready for it as a millennial like hey i'm ready to pioneer this newness um I don't know what it's going to look like, but we'll figure it out as we go because that's pretty much all we ever do. So, I don't know. I think it's yeah. a delicate dance. I think it's just fun to think about the bear cases sometimes when you see all everyone's so euphoric about news and then you kind of just think about, well, 
you know, why did they say that really, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just fun. That's very true. Um, that's all I had, so you guys can finish up now. I think okay. that's it, man. We promoted ourselves. Block Edge Capital, for everyone doesn't know, I work with Block Edge Capital for Block Edge Capital now. Chief Strategy Officer, that's me, D, host number two of the Bitcoin Podcast. I think I just seen the Moving On Up song, George Jefferson song. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, we digital asset management is what we do. You should come check out everything that we do. Rhythm.network and blockagecapital.com and Jenkins Risk Management. So And we're gonna have T shirts soon. We are. We're, we're gonna be selling jerseys of the your favorite token. <laughs> no kidding. Probably T shirts. Just start start small. <laughs> All right, guys, that's a good until next week. Good show. Good luck out there. Talk to you.